Hey, what's going on? Hey, happy new year. Happy new mm-hmm. year. Yeah. You okay? How's the uh, the weather? Uh, Is it freezing up there? Are you getting snow? It's cold, but it's not snowing. Oh, bummer. Why? <laughs> what's new? Oh, not too much. What's new with you? Yeah, same shit. Different day. Yeah. Welcome to this this new year edition of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. Welcome back, John. How have you been? Hey. Oh, fantastic. Survived the holidays with the family. (laughs) Survived coming back to a shit show of work. Good times. (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah. Did you have a nice relaxing holiday? Holidays? Uh, If you could call it that. I did make a point of not answering the work phone or email while I was gone. Well, that's good. You shouldn't. So that was nice. That's what's called being on vacation. Mm -hmm. If they can't do it without you, then there's a problem. Right. So, well, that's good. Yeah. And now we have a brand new year. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's see how ridiculous the Iowa caucus is this week. <laughs> well, well, didn't you hear the Democrats are are, um, are controlling the weather? Of course they are. They're, they're making course, it they so people can't get out and vote. They don't believe in climate control, but yet they believe the Democrats are controlling the weather. <laughs> yep. How stupid are these people? Not pretty fucking stupid. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's it's a new level. It really is. It's a new level of stupidity. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it and it all could be moot anyway, since we're waiting on the Supreme Court to actually do their jobs. I don't have any faith that they will, but like technically, they should be doing their jobs, and he shouldn't be allowed on the ballot anyway. Well, if he said if the Supreme Court says that he is immune, then that means that Biden's immune. Yes. So. Biden could send out a kill squad. Well, I would, I would based love, on their logic. I would love for there to be um, breaking news special. We interrupt this program, and it's Biden from the White House after that saying, "You know what? I've decided I'm not leaving the White House. What are you going to do mm-hmm. about it?" Right. And when everybody's in an uproar, he could be like, "This is all from the Supreme Court. So what are we going to do?" Right. This is what you people wanted. Yep. This is exactly what everybody wanted. I've decided I'm not leaving and I'm going to name my successor after this. What are you going to do? <laughs> I've got immunity. Yep. And let him fuck with it. And, you know, I it would be amazing. I would really. Yeah. I would really love that. <laughs> but, 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 but Hunter Biden, he defied it two subpoenas. Oh, my God. But he showed up. 
he, he did show up. He showed. And, and <laughs> he took away MTG's thunder by standing yep. up when she got up to speak and taking an entire press corps with him. Yep, time to go. And and she got all pissy about it. And it was like they asked if you wanted to ask him questions, and you all said no. He doesn't right. have to stay and listen to you. What's the problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that th- that three toed sloth has got to go too. Yeah. Maybe there could be an executive order to dissolve the Republican Party. I mean, why not? If Biden's got immunity, why can't he yeah. just say, hey, there's no more Republican Party? They don't know what they're playing with. They think that it's only for them. So it'll be fun. But they've got such a stupid bunch of followers. Yes. That, you know, all he has to say is, is you know attack and they will well and hopefully this time you know they treat them like the terrorists they are i would have to think that if if there was a, an attack lodged against the capitol or the white house or whatever there would be a lot more lethal force this time i would think so there would th- there's got to be things in place now where they're like we're just going to shoot to kill like, see ya. And oh, even that stupid girl with the with the onion in her handkerchief who was being interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps popping up again. It's like, oh my god, Just people are idiots. Fucking mow them all down. Hey, problem yep. solved. Well, I mean, they wanted a, a you know a hanging in front of the Capitol. Maybe this is how we solve it. <laughs> I mean, how many do you think that would have to be hung to to get them to just disappear? Oh, I think at least just the one, just just one important person in either Q QAnon or MAGA. For the rest of them, be like, no, I'm not part of that. Yeah. Oh, it's exciting times. Yep. Exciting times. Can't wait. Yep. Can't wait for the second American Civil War. Yeah, I hear Portugal is a good place for Americans to move to. Is it? Yes. Oh. Portugal and Spain, actually. There's a lot of Spanish people in Spain. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. (laughs) Just a deserted island somewhere. Well, yeah, that too. (laughs) There are a lot of castles for sale. There are. We could, chip, we could chip in on one of those and just redo it and, you know, make an Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. We could rent it out to, to production companies. There you go. Everybody loves a good uh, historical biopic or, you know, something like that. You could do that. Yep. Good times. Mm-hmm. So have you watched anything fun over the break? Oh, have I? (laughs) So I just watched the first episode of Ted. Okay. Oh my God, I laughed my ass off. Have you seen either of the movies? Yes. Okay, and did you like the movies? Yeah, sort of. Okay. But this, I mean, did... It's Mark Wahlberg's character as a as a sixteen year old. Yeah. 
and um, oh my god, it's hilarious. It's just there's a bunch of bad Boston accents. <laughs> they they go on location, and it's obvious that they're in like a a movie studio. They're not in Boston. Oh really? Yeah. I've been on the fence about watching it because I watched the two movies and I was like, nah, it's funny, but it's not like anything special. And maybe that was Mark Wahlberg. It could be. But if you're saying it it's like be. laugh out loud funny, then I'm going to have to check it out. So the kid's cousin is living with them because her family's all fucked up, but she's also selling posh. Okay. And the the family decides they're going to send Ted to school because you know he he's really not doing anything and he shouldn't be left alone at home and all this kind of stuff so when they catch the daughter selling pot there's this whole conversation at the dinner table where her parents are like you know why why are you selling pot why are you not you know working at McDonald's and the nieces or the yeah the the niece is like, well, because it's like 15 grand, I'd have to sell myself at McDonald's. <laughs> and then Ted starts riffing on new menu items. Like, okay. oh, how about a quarter quarter to pounder <laughs> or filet of flesh <laughs> or my favorite egg McFucking. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny. He sounds too much like, like Peter Griffin. Yeah. And even the, the music sounds like Family Guy. Oh, really? But the first one was really funny, so okay. hopefully it sticks up. Okay. Mm. I would definitely recommend it based on the first episode. Okay. It's it's a, um, it's a limited series, right? There's they're not doing it this. It is. Yeah, and you can watch it all at once. Okay. And the first episode was like fifty minutes. Oh wow. I was expecting it to be like that 22 to 30 minutes, you know, sitcom. Is the CGI length, good? But, um, yeah. I mean, it's just Ted. Okay. Yeah, but that's, that's like for the main character of a show to be CGI, that it's asking an awful lot for, yeah. you know, multiple episodes. As we know with like She-Hulk. Well, you know, it's no Alf, but <laughs> kids, look up Alf A L F on yeah. YouTube. You won't regret it. Nope. Just hide your cat. <laughs> yeah. Funny. What have you been watching? Um, we've been watching the Percy Jackson show on Disney Plus. I like that. I never saw the movies, so I kind of went into this cold. Um, mm-hmm. But I really enjoy the kid that plays Percy. Um, yes. He was in The Adam Project where he was Ryan Reynolds as a kid. And okay. I don't know if it's just because I like Ryan Reynolds that this kid kind of like channels him when he acts. Yeah. Um, but I... I think he's a decent choice for Percy. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, even though he's not really in it, there's still too much Lin-Manuel Miranda for me. Um, Yeah. I think I've only gotten through the third episode. So I've got to play some catch up. Okay. Um, 
he's only I he's at the end of one episode and I think he's in another. But as soon as he showed up, I was like, oh, doesn't he take him to the camp? Is that who he is? No. No, that's not him. No. Okay. Um. Oh, it's the black guy, the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Lin Manuel okay. Miranda plays Hermes. Oh. Um, okay. But like, I think I saw the first episode he was in. Okay. Uh, like, the there, the conceit is that like all of the the ancient gods are real and. Right. Um, all of the, the mythical stories that you've heard, like if you've seen Clash of the Titans, then, you know, Percy is named after Perseus from from right. like the ancient myths and stuff. And right. Me- who slayed the Medusa. Yeah. And Medusa is in it is in one episode. And like the way that they handle her and her visual effects are really well done. Like like everything mm-hmm. that they've done so far that I've seen. Like it doesn't look like they're skimping on, which is nice because Disney plus was trying to like pull back on visual effects shows. And so to see that they didn't for this and that like, not that it's original because there were a couple of movies, but like to have a property that's not really based on like a comic book or, you know, star Wars or something. And they're still giving it that same level of polish. Like it, it reminds me a lot of American born Chinese that okay. that show, like, like it's a kid that's been kind of quested with doing something and like it tells an, a fascinating story. And it, I like the fact that Disney does that, although they just canceled American born Chinese. So yeah, you know, what are you going to do? So you know, it's always it's it's always hard to get invested in these shows because you never know when they're just going to pull the plug on them. Right. Or if they're going to pop up on a different service that yeah. you haven't subscribed to yet. And yeah. So. So, you know, but for for just sheer enjoyment of watching a TV show, it's way better than like a lot of the shit that Disney's turned out recently. And we haven't gotten to Echo yet, so. Uh, Echo is very interesting. I hear it's very violent. It's incredible. There is some squishy sound effects <laughs> in the fight scenes. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I was kind of put off by the fact that they, and maybe it's because I wasn't watching the subtitles on it, that there was a lot of ASL okay. that wasn't interpreted. Oh, okay. And it's like when she talks, when Maya talks, well, she doesn't really speak because, you know, she can't. Right. But it was it's very interesting. I really like the end of it. I really like the way they treated the Native Americans. It's a mostly Native American cast. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it it was really well done. Okay. I don't know. Did you ever watch that? Oh, what was the show? The Colby Smulders series. Oh. I can't even remember the name of it anymore. Um, How I Met Your Mother? No, no, no. It was post How I Met Your Mother. It was oh. a, um, a drama. Oh, okay. 
wait, wait. Coming, coming. Is it reservation no, dogs? Nope. No. Uh. Uh, Stumptown. St- no, I never watched Stumptown. There's the actress who plays Maya's grandmother was also in Stumptown, and she, and she plays. I mean, she's really good. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Okay, there's no. there's some some good stuff in it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it. We just haven't gotten to it. Yeah. Yet. It's only five episodes. Yeah, and I was surprised it dropped all at once. They they've done they've done that a lot recently. They did that with the second. Well, n- not what all if. at once, but what if was one a day, right? And so that was that was a little weird too. What did you think of what if? I really enjoyed the season. I don't know if I liked it more than the first one. Um, okay, I think that they swung for the fences with the first one and did things that they were like, well, if this is the only chance we ever get at this, then let's do like zombie Captain America. Sure. Um, but I really enjoyed the one with the native American superhero. The last one. Well, there was a, was there, the last one, there was a standalone th- one where there were no other characters. And then there's, it, it tells like her origin story. And then there's one oh, where yeah. uh, she comes with Captain Carter and has to deal with yes. Doctor Strange. Um, That's right. She's in the last two episodes. Yeah. So I really enjoyed her character. Like, because I, I guess because I know all the other like origin stories for everybody. Right. It was nice to see an origin story for a character I didn't know. Um. And like the Native Americans that were living like in the sky place where they all had powers and stuff. And like you see them coming back to Earth to to help and like using all their powers and stuff. I, it was just really enjoyable. So I did like that one. All the other ones like were OK. I mean, like the, the Nebula one, I think it was the first episode mm-hmm. was OK, but it wasn't like amazing. Yeah, you know, I, I I really liked I really liked sixteen oh two. Yeah, that one was good too. Because it's it's based on a Neil Gaiman limited series, and um, yeah, I just always like those kind of Elseworlds stories where you put the superheroes back in you know some other context. Yeah, like what was it, Gotham by Gaslight or whatever? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one was really cool too. There were just some of them where I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, yeah. You know, whereas like like the first season, I think every episode I was like that was cool. Like that was I, you know, I wasn't expecting that or like, you know, they're they're twisting what we already knew of like, hey, what if Yondu had captured um T'Challa instead of Peter Quill? Mm-hmm. You know, but like like Kid Peter Quill coming back that episode i was yeah. like nah, all right whatever because we've kind of seen that like right but i do i really do love the fact that they are able to get as many people back into the characters as they can 
And mm-hmm. so you have Kate Blanchett coming back as Hella and Kurt Russell coming back as Ego and right. people that you don't normally associate with like voiceover work for something like this, where they just get him in a studio for a day and be like, Hey, record these lines. Here's a nice big fat check for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was okay. But I guess they've already got season three in the bag. Really? I, yeah, they released a like a preview a couple of days before the last what if episode was put up with like Bucky and um I think Falcon in the car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um as a as a tease to season 3. So I'm assuming that they greenlit 2 and 3 back to back and they probably worked on them back to back and maybe yeah. they just cut it in half. Hmm. But speaking of Kurt Russell, did you finish Monarch? Did. Have you been watching it? Yeah, I finished it yesterday. <laughs> oh, gosh, so did I. This could be one of my all-time favorite TV shows. Really? I really... Even en- though they've gone to the quantum realm? <laughs> I really enjoy, um, like, the the gimmick that they do with the storytelling of the two se- the two separate time periods. Yep. Um, using Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt, as him younger is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've only seen Wyatt Russell in a couple of things, the main one being Falcon and Winter Soldier, where right. he's kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that always, that I had always thought when I was watching that was like, God, he he is like watching a young Kurt Russell. Oh yeah. His, there are times when I forget that it's not Kurt Russell. Yeah. His mannerisms, the way he speaks, the way he sounds, it's like, holy shit, dude. And so <laughs> like the fact that they were like, let's do this to where there's two characters. It's the same. It's the same character, two separate actors, two separate time periods. And yep. we're going to get a father and son to do it. Like you couldn't ask for anything better. Right. And it's it's interesting because um, they've done a couple of interviews together for Monarch where they've been specifically asked about like Wyatt Russell was asked about imitating his father. And right. what Kurt said was like, he's not imitating me. I'm imitating him. They shot hmm. all of Wyatt's stuff first. And okay. Kurt Russell went to the set to watch his son and then based all of the older Shaw stuff on him. Right. So whenever I think, holy shit, he's doing Kurt Russell, it's like, no, Kurt Russell's doing Wyatt. And that just like it just shows you how in sync they are. And I really like it. Like I I've always been a Godzilla fan since I was a kid, even like the bad Japanese versions of it. Um right. I wasn't a huge fan of the Roland Emmerich one in New York. Was that the Matthew Broderick yes. one? Yeah. Where it was more of a lizard than like a monster. Yeah. Um, but like all of the stuff since then, I'm dying to see Godzilla minus one, which is like mm-hmm. a, an, another take on Godzilla. But right. I really feel like they were able to take a couple of movies that have been made and, make it interesting and fall and being able to follow it for people that haven't seen those movies. 
Like you don't have to have seen those Godzilla films and the King Kong films to understand what's going on. Right. Like, like they give you just enough of the backstory to be like, okay, this is what Monarch stands for. And this is who these people are. And then it's like, it's the, the story is not about the monsters. The story is about the people. Right. And they make those relationships interesting enough to where, when Godzilla does show up for five seconds, you're like, holy shit, it's Godzilla. And the visual effects are really good. And it's like, holy shit, like they could do seasons of this and I would follow it. Mm-hmm. It's just really good. Yeah. Hmm. I like the thing they do on the opening credits. <laughs> Where they put up, you know, it's like, and Wyatt Russell as Lee Shaw. And then the, the letters kind of rearrange, rearrange themselves. Yeah. Yep. And it's Kurt Russell as Lee Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, <clears throat> and even like the mystery of why Lee Shaw is like 90, but still looks like a 70 year old. They right. They kept that really close to the chest the entire time. And it was like they would just pepper it in and you're like, okay, I'm sure maybe we'll get an explanation. And then like they carry that through to something else. And it's like, holy shit. Okay. So they actually thought about this. Like, like it just doesn't seem like something that was thrown in there in the last day of script writing where they're like, well, we got to explain this. Right. Right. Like there are actual reasons for it. And it's like very cool that like all of this, they can, they can kind of keep all this shit together and like make it all make sense. Yeah, and there's so many twists going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. quite the incredible show. Um it's it set is. up for a sequel, so I'm hoping that there's a second season to this. Yeah. But definitely. I guess we'll see. Now, which is the first movie that Monarch is in? Um Is that Kong? Cuz John Goodman was in 2. He's in Skull he's he's in Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Um but I believe Monarch shows up in the first Godzilla movie that was directed by Gareth Edwards. Um and I think it was 2014, which is what this is kind of based on. Okay. Um And I think Monarch definitely shows up in Kong Skull Island, which takes place in the 60s as opposed to like 2015. Um, but Kong right. skull Island comes after Godzilla. Mm. So it's a little bit of back and forth, but Monarch has kind of been the thread throughout, but even like, like the realization of who John Goodman is actually playing right. did not hit me until the final episode. And really, yeah, for some reason, I did not connect that character with his younger self in the show. And I was like, he was talking, they were talking about like how the dude went on a, um, he led a group of people somewhere and then never returned. And then the older guy who is his son was watching the video of John Goodman suddenly hit me that that's his father. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. I didn't even see that 
connecting. So, I mean, it was very cool. It was, it's everything that I want in a monster TV show. Yeah. Like there's just enough Titans to like, not be like, Oh, it's a new Titan of the week type thing. No. And they kept the Titans as like they, like you said earlier, they weren't the focus of the story. So when you saw one, it wasn't like this, you know, incredibly huge, epic kind of fight. It was, you know, it's like, oh, okay. And this is what they look like. And we're not going to see a lot of it. Like the whole one, the whole one in the, I don't know if it was the last episode, second last episode where they find the father is still alive. Yeah. And Godzilla's like resting in the hill. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a couple of shots of Godzilla and it's just enough to, to remind you, like, this is what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. But it's not the focus of the show. The focus of the right. show is two kids trying to find their dad. Yep. And what that means in the grand scheme of monsters walking around on the earth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like the cast. It's going to be interesting what happens if they get out. Well, they kind of got out, but he, but Kurt Russell didn't. Right. It, at least in the finale it's you know it's possible that he's gonna climb out of the wreckage like uh, <laughs> uh the other one <laughs> well and being that you come to find out spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the finale that they come back they've been gone for like a couple of days their time right but they come back two years later Right, like, right. Like they technically could do a whole nother season without Kurt Russell and then have Kurt Russell come back in the next season and just, hey, he found a way, but it's now like five years later. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's Apple TV has some really, really good shows on it. Mm-hmm. And I think in the grand scheme of streaming, I think you're kind of getting your money's worth with these things as opposed to some of the other streaming services. I would agree. Um, you know, I don't know if you watch for all mankind. No, I haven't watched that yet. That's a really good show. Um, foundation is a good show. You got to get through the first season, which is a little dry, but the second season (laughs) of that is really good. Like, they've they've got all of these really well-produced shows and you know as you're looking around in this next year of like what's going to be the best bang for my buck when there are streaming services that are going to combine and charge more money to see the same shit Mm -hmm. it's you know apple tv or apple plus might be one of those that like you turn to just to see good quality shows right Um, have you tried to watch the new season of Night Court? I did. I have because there hasn't been a lot on yet. I think I'm done. Yeah, I got. I think that if they're gonna keep the stunt casting, well, now there's 
only Raws left and yeah. John Larroquette. Yeah. It's, it's, there's no payoff. It's like, oh, it's a gimmick. And it's the same thing with Frazier. Because Fra- Kelsey Grammer is talking about how in season two he wants to bring back Shelley Long. Mm. It's like, so basically what you're admitting is that you don't have anything original and you want to, you know, just prey on that nostalgia aspect of it. Yeah. And I don't understand the Christmas episode of Night Court. Well, it was based on the Christmas episode of Frasier. Okay. Where there were two Christmas parties going on and nobody wanted to go to Frasier's and they all snuck over to Niles and it was trying to be that episode. But and it failed miserably. But what I don't understand was so they so they released the Christmas one first. Yep. And then episode one of season two is Dan is still in Louisiana. Yes. And they don't you, you go the entire Christmas episode without knowing like what happened to the the clerk guy. Why isn't he there anymore? And why is Dan yeah. back? And like yeah, he's fired. Like all of this shit. And it's like, oh well, you're not gonna find out any of that until the next episode. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with this? It's just not good. Like Night Court it's was not. one of my favorite TV shows as a kid. And mm-hmm. this is just not anywhere near what that other cast was. Right. So, yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to watch anymore. Yeah. There, there'd have to be a lull in my life to be like, let me catch up on Night Court. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know. The whole nostalgia thing is starting to play itself out. Yeah. Because I think the audience they're going for has such fond memories of the original and this doesn't even come close. Yeah. It's like, okay. I mean, Melissa Rauch was fine as a, uh, secondary character, but I don't buy her as the lead. Yeah. Especially as a judge in New York. Yeah. Like she should have been like the, the clerk or something. Right. Like, and she's coming back. She's working in the court that her dad was a judge in. And like, you know, hijinks ensue from there. But like, yeah, she's not a good main character as a judge. And like the joke about her being a Santa's elf because she's short. It was just like, how many times can we put that in a 21 minute episode? Right. And I don't know. Yeah, it's been very disappointing. I mean, it's a waste of John Lauer cash. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Because the only times there's any humor in that show is when he's on screen. I hope they're paying him a shitload of money for it. Oh, so too. Because if 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 he's getting taken advantage of, then he's then it's on him. Yeah. But yeah. Um. What else have you watched? I watched this new movie that's supposed to be like the next Star Wars <laughs> by by Snyder it's called Rebel Moon. Yes, I watched one. it. I, I, I have that on my list. Go ahead. You've watched it? Oh, yeah. Was that whole movie, was that whole movie created with AI? 
Uh, because it was nothing but a ripoff of so many other movies. So, um, Zack Snyder had pitched, I believe he had pitched the original version of this script as a Star Wars film. Well, it shows. And when Kathleen Kennedy turned him down, I think he went to Netflix and said, how would you like your own version of Star Wars? Right. Because you can see, like, they crossed out the name Empire and wrote in the name of the new people. Imperium. Imperium. And, Mm -hmm. like, instead of stormtroopers, we're going to have these guys. And instead of the the security droids, we're going to have this one guy that's voiced by um, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Mm Mm-hmm. My, there's a princess in disguise. Yep. There's the scoundrel. There's the farm boy. Yep. There's the Jedi with the witch hat. Yep. I mean, I just couldn't stop watching it going, how many other things could they rip off? That whole sequence with the long-haired guy who looks like he came out of John Carter from Mars <laughs> trying to tame Buckbeak from Harry Potter. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck did you think you were doing now so, there were some cool characters in this so i loved the bartender with like the the candles all over him yeah i mean there was some visual stuff that was really good there was way too much slow motion well that's a Zack snyder thing yeah it really got to me there was but i mean go ahead i was gonna say and even the illegal operation on the fringes of the galaxy which was like straight up Cloud City. Yeah. Yeah. I was disappointed. I was really disappointed. There was I saw nothing new in this. No, and and I think that's what a lot of people are expecting, but mm-hmm. it it's almost an homage instead of, you know, something kind of groundbreaking. Yeah. Um the and my my biggest my my biggest thing that uh, that i have an issue with this is he has he has the ability to get amazing actors in his projects sure. um apparently a zack snyder set is a really fun place like like there's no tension he's he apparently zack snyder is really good at listening to the actor's point of view and like making them feel like they're part of the process. But you take people that have amazing acting skills. Um, I always, I always butchered the guy's name. Demone. Demone Honshu. Yeah. Him. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing actor. You have um, Ray Stevens. He's Chewbacca. Not Ray Stevens. (laughs) um, Ray, Ray Fisher, who, Mm -hmm. who famously got shit on during the making of um, Justice League. And, you know, Zack Snyder was like, I'm going to put you in this new movie and it's going to be great. We're going to do sci-fi. And you have Charlie Hunnam and you have all these people and then you waste them all. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't tell you any of the character names of any of the main characters in this movie. No, not one. Even even the 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 ninja Jedi person who mm-hmm. has a real 
like generic name, I couldn't, I can't pull that off at the top of my head right now. There's nothing memorable about any of it. Mm -hmm. And the minute that Charlie Hunnam showed up and he's talking with that other guy and they linger on the other guy, I was like, Charlie Hunnam is going to be a bad guy. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, he's the one that betrays them. And it's like, there's, there's no surprises. There's nothing that's even like, like a twist that I didn't see coming. Like the only Mm -hmm. thing I didn't see coming was, was Ray Fisher getting killed off of 10 minutes of screen time. Right. Where I'm like, you brought him in like an hour and a half into a two hour film and then you kill him off almost immediately. And it's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I just felt that so many of the visuals looked like they were an amalgamation of other people's work. Oh yeah. That, you know, I mean, truly looked like AI. It's like you put, you put a prompt into AI. It's like, I need a star Wars ish bar. And that's what you get. And even the the quality of <clears throat> some of the shots was so weird that it just looked like it was a hyper real AI produced piece of work. I mean, Snyder Snyder is kind of known for that though. If you look at Sucker Punch and you look at um, Army of the Dead, there's a lot of that real over stylized AI looking stuff. Mm-hmm. I I kind of feel that Zack Snyder sat down with whoever he came up with this with and looked at all the Ralph McQuarrie um, Star Wars drawings and said, how can we change this to work it in the rebel moon? And I mean, on its, on its face, if Star Wars didn't exist, I think this would be a, 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 a fine popcorn movie. Sure. Like, technically there's nothing wrong with it. It tells a story. It leaves you, it leaves you hanging for the next section. You know, it builds, it builds in the character's backstory. So you kind of understand what's going on. But at the end of the day, there's just too much of it that, that you can point to and be like, Oh, well that's this from star Wars. And that's this from, you know, every other sci-fi thing I've ever seen. And like, Oh, well this kind of reminds me of Farscape and this kind of does this. And it's just, it's on and on. And it's like, you had an opportunity to do your own thing and you didn't make it. You made it too much like an homage to star Wars to where it was just like, all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that people always complain about, um, episode seven of, you know, a force awakens is how much of an homage it is to star Wars. And that's by the sure. company that made Star Wars. And this is somebody mm-hmm. who I guess likes Star Wars and was like, I'd like to do that. So let's fill out all these people. And it's like, okay. And I don't remember exactly what the running time was for this, but like they could have chopped out 45 minutes and tightened that shit up mm-hmm. and been like in and out. And you'd been, you would have been like, Oh my God, I want more. Right. But yeah, the, the whole Buckbeak thing, it was like, why are we doing that? Like, what does that serve? Mm-hmm. What does that serve? Nothing. What does that sequence serve that couldn't be building. told in dialogue? Right. You know, we need, we need a guy, we need a muscle guy or whatever the fuck role he was going to 
whatever role he's supposed to like get into, you know, Oh, we need, Oh, I know this guy that, that can do this, this and this. And mm-hmm. like, ask him when you get there, is it true that you did this? And like, you know, he pulls up his shirt and he's got a big scar and he's like, where do you think I got this? Or, you know, something. Right. You didn't need like the whole taming of, of the wild beast thing and the flight where you're like, okay, because it, there's no payoff for it. No, it's not Chekhov's flying creature. It's you, you see him do this and he flies away and he comes back and you're like, Hey, we got our guy. And you're like, uh, okay. Right. Like, it's just, I think Zack Snyder makes really pretty films, but he does not do well when it's, when he's in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's been shown a lot. I think when he's got good producers behind him, you get 300 and man of steel. And when he's on his own, you get sucker punch and rebel moon. Mm -hmm. And my hope is that when the director's cut comes out, which I don't understand on a streaming service, why you wouldn't just release the director's cut, right? That it makes more sense that there's things that have been cut out where you're like, Oh shit. Now it all kind of makes sense, but I don't have high hopes for it. Yeah. And I didn't feel any emotional connection to any of those characters. No, it's like you didn't build. It's like, Oh yeah. Luke Skywalker. That's so cool. He's just like a simple country boy. And you know, he's a hero and it's like, eh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like at the end of star Wars, people came out of star Wars going, I want to be Han Solo. I want to be Luke Skywalker. I really like Darth Vader. I can't name a single character from this because none of it's memorable. Right. It's all a hodgepodge of fighting and, you know, you look at it and you're like, what am I going to remember from this? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, yeah, I mean, um, I had no clue that the name, the, the main woman's name is Cora. Couldn't have told you that. <laughs> Nemesis was the was the Jedi looking ninja one. Nemesis. Nemesis. That's, her That's original. Um, Demon Hunsu's name is Titus. Ed Screen, yep. who's the bad guy, is Atticus Noble. Mm-hmm. One of the guys' names is Gunner. Uh, Ray Fisher's name is Blood Axe. Yep. Uh, Charlie Hunnam's name is Kai. I didn't. I didn't know any of that until this moment because why the fuck would I know? Mm-hmm. Had no clue that that was Carrie Elways as the king until I went and looked at the fucking cast list. I'm like, I don't know. I. Zack Snyder would do so much better if he would just hire producers that would keep him in check. You know, maybe that's too much slow-mo. There's literally a scene 
I think it's the flashback of Korra fighting as a soldier that there's six different shots in a row and the footage gets slower and slower every time it uh-huh. cuts to something different. And I'm like, and it's not like it's a action where you're like, Oh, look at that. And she's like jumping or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. I think design wise though, I think like who, whoever spent the time to like build those locations did mm-hmm. a decent job. You know, the, the village bothered me. Because it looked Too like generic. bad model work. Yeah. No, it looked like I, I, it just didn't feel like it was a real location. I got you. Yeah, and I mean that's that's part of the problem with like this kind of thing of like, you know, Lucas was very adamant about the first Star Wars looking like a used universe. Right. And I think people try to do that now, but like money and time constraints, just they can't do the things that they want to do mm-hmm. and everything suffers for it because they have, you know, five or 10 locations that they have to get to. Um, and, you know, they're having the, they're not going back to any of them. So, you know, there, there's not a lot of time to like put in the shit that they want to put in. Like they didn't even give um, Charlie Hunnam a cool spaceship. Like it's super generic, and you're like, "But he's like the back facing, two faced Han Solo, right? He's the guy that they hire to get them the places." And it's like you could at least give him a cool, a cool ride. So yeah, I don't know. so much for like new sci-fi yeah very disappointing yeah I mean there was some incredible character work but it just was eye candy yeah did you happen to watch the other movie that was kind of talked about a lot over the last couple of months which is uh, leave the world behind I haven't not no. yet. Okay, that's the Julie Roberts. Yeah, I won't. Yeah. Then when when you see it, we'll talk about. It, but is it worth seeing? Are you going to save me from something? There's a lot. It's it's there's a lot of interpretations of the film that I'd be interested on your, your in your take on. Lots okay. of people see different things in it, and I didn't think it was like there are people that love the movie. There are people that hate the movie. It's very uh, divisive. And it's like post-apocalyptic, right? No, it's no, it's it's kind of as the world's falling apart. Okay. But it's pre-apocalyptic. Yeah. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of things left to interpretation and, um, I liked it. I thought it was, I, I've seen all the criticism and I'm like, uh, that's not how I interpreted that. So I think if you're just going in as a movie movie, like it's, it's more of a, th- I don't want to say it's a thinking movie, but it makes you ponder a couple of things. So okay. I, I'm kind of interested to hear your take on it when you get to see it. Okay.
Have you watched anything else? There's not a lot on yet. Um, I started to watch Star Trek Prodigy now that it's on Netflix. Okay. Um, I'm like three or four episodes in and I'm waiting for it to grab me and it just hasn't yet. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, and I don't know. Hmm. I know it's geared towards kids. I know it's not. Right. I'm not the, the demographic of of who they're going after. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I like other Star Trek where, you know, they're Starfleet officers and they're on a mission as opposed to people who find a ship. And I don't know if it gets, if it gets more regimented or like more Star Trek-y, but it doesn't feel like Star Trek to me besides the fact that Janeway shows up. Oh. So I don't know. I don't, you've watched yeah, it, right? I have I have I haven't watched I think I've watched a couple of episodes, but it didn't really Okay. Um yeah. Yeah, cuz cuz it's not really like meant for us. Like, sure. like it was, it was a, um, um, was it Nickelodeon that it was on? I think it was, was a, it? I think it was a Nickelodeon show. I mean, it was meant okay. for kids. It was a meant, it was meant for kids to get into Star Trek, hmm. you know, without having to watch all the heavy shit. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, something that I did start to watch that I can steer you far, far away from. Okay. Is a new documentary called Walt's Dischanted, Disenchanted Kingdom. Okay. It's pure MAGA. It's really? all about, they have these people who were Disney fans as, you know, for many, many, many years, but now all of a sudden, you know, the the movies are full of sexuality and they're grooming our kids. And it's like, all right, that mm. was garbage. I mean, it was it at least it, more entertaining than than the Disney Christmas Parade this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> um. Oh well, here's another reason why that thing sucks. Okay. It teaches Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh God! And the woman and Ben Carson. Oh Jesus! And I I did not get close to seeing either of them in there. When the woman who's the the host, um, walks on screen and introduces herself as Mercedes Schlapp, <laughs> as like okay, is that a made up name? <laughs> it was Jeez. horrible. Horrible. Nice. And of course, we have Steamboat Willie in public domain. Yeah. Now we gonna, need to make a movie. Now going to be a horror film. And a game. And a game. And did you see the uh, the Adult Swim tag that they? No. Aired. No. It's just a a gray screen of um that says um, public domain bitch <laughs> and on the end of it is the black and white steamboat Willie 
kissing it. Nice. Very simple, understated, but getting the point across. I do understand that Disney is still um, filing copyright strikes against people on YouTube for putting up Steamboat Willie, which makes me chuckle since they can't do that now. Right. They have nothing better to do. No. Yeah, did you so did you watch the Disney Christmas thing? Did. It was just as bad as every other year, only there's more and more people on it I don't know. But it's supposed to be like the Christmas parade and they literally showed the Christmas for, per, parade for like 3 minutes out of the hour. And the well, rest that's of it what was they've the been doing bullshit. lately. And it was like that's right. not why I'm watching it. I don't care about the little family that's going to get a cruise like uh-huh. None of that means anything to me. No. You know, it's Christmas morning. Spread fucking Christmas cheer to the people that are watching. Like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? And Yeah, no. Look, I understand the dude has been um diagnosed with brain cancer. Sure. But but putting um Michael Bolton up on stage to where he's staring off into nothing. Not a good yes. look. Well, now you also know that he had just been treated for a brain tumor. Well, right? no, that, that's what I said. Like I after underst- the filming. Yes, and I yeah. I understand yeah. that. Like like I'm not I'm. I hope the dude makes a recovery. Cancer sucks. Shouldn't be around. It's a reason I don't believe in God. But there should have a decision should have been made of like he looks terrible. Like why we can't put that on the show. Right. And the the idea that um that show that particular show was taking place live at disney during christmas all out the window now that michael bolton thing was happening at sunset like it was Mm -hmm. getting dark out i was like oh we couldn't film this like during the day like they're not even trying and maybe michael bolton couldn't do it because of how he was feeling whatever like again i have mad respect for the homeboy he's sick Mm mm-hmm I hope he gets better. But somebody at Disney should have been like, we appreciate you coming, but this is, this doesn't look good for you. Right. Like (laughs) I I just sat there going, this is, this is a terrible decision, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Have you been keeping tabs on the uh, Megacon guest list that keeps growing? Uh, yeah, and why is it in February this year? So it's not hotter than hell when you have to walk three miles to your car in the parking lot? Well, that's fine, but like they've never had it in February. No. I mean, it is an impressive... Might have been when the convention center was available. Right. Well, true. I mean, look, it's an impressive group of people. It's also an expensive group of people. Right. There's nobody that I would want to meet that you're getting away with under $100 for anything. Talking to them, saying hi, whatever. Is it all just greed at this point? Mm, I I mean, I... I don't think any person there is worth what they're charging. 
I mean, I guess it I depends mean, on on how much you're a fan of these people. Yeah, I guess. There are diehard Tom Hiddleston fans that will pay the $225 for the autograph. There are and look, I don't know what's what's propelling Michael J. Fox to do conventions now. Other than maybe he needs the money. Um and it's a quick way to make a bunch of money, but his autograph is two hundred and twenty-five dollars. Mm-hmm. What kind of autograph are you getting? It's going to be a scribble. And is it already pre-signed shit? Like, can I take a hoverboard to him and have him sign it? Like, it doesn't say on the website, so I'm just like, okay. Yes, you can, but that's $350. Well, and that's that's the other thing. It's like, you know. A signature's a signature, right? I guess. I mean, are they that afraid that people are going to this to sell them? Yes. When I... Stop doing it. When I went to Mad Monster, the last Mad Monster that I went to, and I wanted... Um, um, what's his name? Apollo Creed... Um, oh yeah, yeah yeah when he looked at me and his guy said I said how much to him to sign a piece of Beskar it was $300 and I said mm-hmm. why and and it was because they were afraid I was going to go to eBay and make you know 500 bucks off of his signature and it's like but you're you're making money from me so what does right. it matter? And I'm not asking you to sign 10 of them. Right. I'm asking you to sign one because I wanted that. Like, and I know that, that, that they can't know that, but like the year prior to that, when I met uh, Nick Castle, who directed um, uh, Last Starfighter, the guy in front of me had a a suitcase full of Michael Myers masks because he was the original Michael Myers. Right. Signing them. And I walked up with my one thing and had him sign it. And like, you can tell who the dealers are and who the fans are. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not asking him to sign fucking um, boxing gloves that I can sell. I was asking him to sign a piece of best car. Like, have a little bit more fucking compassion, but you know, I didn't have him sign it cause I'm not fucking crazy. Right. So, I mean, everybody on this list would be amazing to meet. like, well, maybe not Ashley Eckstein, but like most of the other people have yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, exactly. So very like, nice. Like I just, I can't, I can't fathom going to these things and being like, I'm going to spend a shitload of money and then like 200 bucks for a, a picture. And yeah, it's, it's become a ripoff. It's it, become a ripoff. If you want to limit things to one per person, yeah, then, then do it so that, well, it's like, okay, so that one person may make, you know, a couple hundred bucks off your signature, but they're not putting a, a briefcase full of shit in front of you. No, but I mean, even Tamara Morrison is 120 bucks for an autograph. Yeah, is that autograph? No, no, it's photo op. But it's like really. And I will never, ever understand the 
$50 to take a picture with my phone at the table. Mm -hmm. That boggles my mind. I don't understand that. You're fucking there. Take the goddamn picture. If I'm paying a hundred bucks for an autograph, do the right thing and be like, Hey, you want a picture? Sure. And, and sign your fucking picture. Don't scribble your initials. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't, it's, it's just all money now. It's not, there's no appreciation anymore. It's all fucking money. Nope. You know, gone are the days when Nichelle Nichols would show up at your local comic store and sign pictures of her as you horror and take photos with you. And, you know, it might have cost you 20 bucks most. Yeah. All because of that damn, damn Stephen Amell. I mean, and he's there, too, this year. But his his autograph price is 60 bucks. Yeah. Like he's not he's not like gouging. Like I he's not. I mean, look. When when, you and McGregor. And I understand that you and McGregor, is his autograph price and his photo op price are both two hundred and fifty bucks. So yep. if I want to meet him and have a picture with him, it's five hundred dollars. Well, and he prob and he may not even talk to you during the no. photo op. No, or the fucking table signing. How many people have right. we stood in line for? Who, who you, just pass the photos down the line? You write your name on a fucking post-it, and yep. they they get passed to the to the celebrity, and they say, "Hey, how are you?" And they sign it, and they hand it back to you. Have a good day, and that's your entire interaction. It's like that's fucking bullshit. I just, I don't know. I miss going the cons. I miss like dealer rooms and shit, but like there's no way that I would want fucking any of these people like their autograph or anything. No. And it, it's going to be huge. I mean, so crowded. Oh yeah. That it's not even going to be fun. No. And I mean, I was really tempted in seeing if you wanted to do the ultimate back to the future premium experience for, <laughs> uh, $1,250. And what is that? What's, what's the experience? You get a premium autograph of your choice from Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, and Tom Wilson. You get a photo op with all four of them. And you get a single ticket for one fan. (laughs) So it's not even like if you split this with somebody. It's like the only thing you can share is the photo op. Jesus. It just sucks. All right. I mean, the days are gone. So the only person on this list that I think I would want to meet in person at this point in time is mm-hmm. Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. And the only reason is because I have seen videos of how he treats his fans. Oh, yeah. He comes out from behind the table. He spends some time. He's, well, he was doing a photo op for people with uh, has Gus Fring. Yeah. Where he'd hold the box cutter up to your throat. Yeah. Like, like he understands. I think he understands what it means for his fans to meet him. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Like, he's still charging 80 bucks for a table photo, which blows my mind. But I think that experience would be a lot better than 
like, um, you know, Hayden Christensen or Ewan McGregor. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's more to it than that. Well, we could do the ultimate Frank Welker experience. (laughs) So if you want to meet Danny Trejo, um, Mm -hmm. he has a combo of a table photo and an autograph for 90 bucks as opposed to 60 bucks for each. I mean, I'll give it to him for like, like doing that because you don't see anybody else doing that. Well, and he's also on threads where he sells autographs and you know, he'll, he like, he'll sell you like a machete bundle where it's like, you can get an autograph machete and a trading card and a photo and sticker. And, you know, he seems really receptive to the whole fan community as opposed to some of these others. Well, I mean, it's Danny Trejo. I mean, what else is he going to do? Yeah. Besides open like taco stands and stuff, but. <laughs> Train the rank horse. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this whole thing. Cause it's, I, I mean, I, it's getting as bad as has Comic-Con where yeah. there are people sleeping in the hallways for panels but now the panels are are paid. Yeah. So it's not like the general, hey, we're going to bring up the Back to the Future cast and they're going to talk and, you know, they'll answer a few questions. It's, oh, well, if you pay extra for this. Right. Exactly. It's like, yeah. And, you know, my kid, my kid was all gung ho. There's a show that she likes called Hell of a Boss that's on mm-hmm. YouTube, I think a couple of the voice actors were going to be there that she really wanted to meet. And I was like, you don't understand what this is going to be like. Like, like this is not when I was going in my twenties and thirties where, where you could just walk up to somebody and say, hi, like there wasn't a, there wasn't a line. You could go up to somebody and be like, I just want to let you know, I love your work. And they'd be like, Oh wow. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Like you just, you can't do that anymore. And that fucking kills me. Like you want to talk to me, you owe me 50 bucks. And it's like, no. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, it's, um, Cherry Elwes or Dean Kane who are, you know, bitching about people taking their pictures. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. I just pissed next to George Takei and he's much more better than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember that year that Carrie Elwes had that like secret room? That- Yes. You had to walk through the black curtains down the little hallway to get to where he was because, like, he didn't want anybody taking pictures. And it was like, come on, dude. But he was sitting there naked. Well, you could jerk him off for an extra 50 bucks. There you go. There you go. Yeah, and Dean Kane's person coming over to me. That I, I'll never forget yeah. that. Um, you can't take his picture. I wasn't taking his picture. Well, why are you holding your camera? Because I was holding my camera. Like, like he's, he's thinking way too much of himself to think that I'm trying to get like paparazzi pictures of him at a fucking convention. Like, right. I don't like Dean right. Kane that much. Sorry. I hate to burst his right. bubble, but you know, fuck him. Yeah. I mean, John Barrowman didn't ask me to stop filming when he was buying a ring. <laughs> now he wasn't all too happy about it. No. And you can see that in the video. <laughs> yeah. He looks pretty pissed. I mean, and I also think it's kind of weird that like, 
Well, I guess all the Black Back to the Future people are only Thursday and Friday. I guess they're trying to curb the amount of traffic. Mm-hmm. By by, or they're trying to get people to buy tickets for the entire weekend. Probably one of those two. But I would say that's what it is. There are people only on certain days. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, because there's very few that are there all four. No. It's either Saturday or Sunday, Friday and sa- or Thursday and Friday. And some of them are like Friday and Saturday. I wonder if they're they're now to the point where they're like, here's the group of B-list actors that are going to be there the entire weekend. Um and then they're going to try to get you know, a certain amount of people in on Thursday and Friday because nobody ever goes to the Thursday day. Because, you know, people got to work. Yeah. And, but I mean, if they can bring in, if Michael J. Fox is only going to be there Thursday and Friday, then you're more willing if you're a Michael J. Fox fan to take off Thursday to go. Sure. But what is the schedule for that Thursday? Like, uh, where is, is it about us? Where is plan your visit schedule? It doesn't have the fucking hours on it. What kind of bullshit is this? Yeah. The website is very misleading. Yeah. I mean, Thursday can't be a full day because Tickets are only 25 bucks for Thursday. Right. So, okay. Family price for, for Thursday is $55, which is two adults and up to four children. So is that six people for 55 bucks or is that 55 bucks per person? For Thursday? Yeah. I would think that's for the six people for six people. So you could take six people for 55 bucks. Yep. That's not bad on a Thursday. Yeah. When not everybody's there. No, but if you were a big back to the future fan, Thursday is the day to go. Sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, but it also doesn't say like what the hours are on Thursday. Usually it's like half a day. Show out. 2024 schedule will be posted closer to the event. You mean two weeks beforehand <laughs> isn't close enough? Thir- Thursday is four to nine. So, so if you've got so nothing you going on happy hour. for five hours for 55 bucks, that's $10, that's $10 an hour per person. That's not bad mm. for six people. Especially if you got kids. I don't know. And you want to get I'm in line cheap. to meet Michael J. Fox, I guess. <laughs> but yeah I mean I've struggled with this even like the smaller horror conventions that are up here like it's not it's not fun anymore it's not it's not like Megacon of old where we took the entire weekend off and went every single day Right. And just hung out and like looked at all the shops and shit and like met people and like met friends there and had a good time. This just 
the the last time that you and I went that Saturday, there was like 150,000 people there and it was fucking miserable. And it's just not getting, it's not going to get any better. No. I mean, I know, and we have friends that sit in artist alley and it'd be cool to see them and like support them and shit. But like, it's just not worth the hassle of like hiking three miles to get in there. And then you got to be with all yeah. those fucking people and they're coughing and sneezing all over you. Mm-hmm. Like just not cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Don't need to spend the weekend there and come down with convention crud. Yeah. Or COVID or, you know, any other bullshit oh, well. that's out there now. Right. Because convention crud was always that mysterious illness that like you had no clue what the fuck it was. <clears throat> you just don't feel great. Yeah. Because there's 10 of you sleeping on the floor of a <laughs> hotel room <laughs> eating Pringles. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember the year of the $12 hot dog? Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> I I believe it's probably like 17 now. <laughs> That was the next day we or took the, a we took a mile hike up the road and got something good to eat. Is that when we ran into Frodo going the wrong way? I believe so. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So I take it you're not coming for that. No. Okay. <laughs> no, because I'd have to pull the kid out of school and even though it's it's actually her birthday weekend. Uh, well, and, that'd be a great weekend for. Well, her. yeah, but she wants to hang out with her friends that day. Like, oh, screw her! Like friends. she's having a sleepover and stuff. I can't do that. She's gonna be fourteen, man. Oh God! Yeah, it's gonna be a bunch of screaming little girls in the house. It'll be great. Have you had the talk? Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you? Oh yeah. <laughs> She your knows flower what's what. is your treasure. Don't <laughs> give it to everybody. Well, it wasn't it wasn't that ridiculous, but we did have a talk. Uh, <clears throat> uh, boys are dirty. Don't go near them. <laughs> they really only want one thing. You know, that kind daddy of has a gun. Yep. I know that if I use a knife, it's a slashing and not a stabby motion. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> oh. Funny. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be in February either, to be quite honest. Yeah. Like, it's never been earlier than March that I can remember. No, like, I think you're right. Like, it used to be dead of summer. Like, it used to be, like, end of she June. Was my favorite disco singer, dead of summer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, so I, we always appreciated it when it, when they knocked it back, but like, I don't know, February was a weird, like, cause my kid was like, Hey, have you thought about going to Megacon? And I was like, and it was like in December that she brought this up and I was like, well, I mean, we got some time and she was like, no, it's in February. I was like, February. Right. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. That whole shit is kind of over it. 
I just missed the dealer room. Yeah, and for a one-day ticket, it's really not worth it because then you have to pay another 25 bucks for parking. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe what you do is you figure out what all these people, um, what their travel schedules are, and then you just hang out at uh, Orlando International Airport. There you go. And you figure out how to how to meet them there. Because I mean, that was always like, I'm not I'm not a big picture guy, and I know I've told this story before, but um, you know, I was I'm always in it for the the conversation mm-hmm. the the one-on-one with somebody that uh, that i admire and i've watched for a while um, oh yeah i mean you know you can't get anything better than that and um when i met lance hendrickson who was bishop in aliens right the year that i had the the face hugger with me and he right. signed it and we were talking about it and he was asking me how i made it and we had like a good 10 minute conversation and he he had free table photos and he was like, do you want to take a picture? And I was like, that's I don't. And he looked at me and he goes, really? And I said, this is what I wanted. I wanted this conversation and this is what makes me content. And he was like, that's very cool. And like he shook my hand and I have that memory. Like, hmm. I don't want a picture like, oh, it's a picture of me and Lance Hendrickson. Who cares? Like, right. doesn't impress anybody. I know that I had that experience. So what does it matter? Right. And those days are gone. Like, like that. I think that was the last year because I did that. And Nick Castle were, were the two main things, the aliens cast and, and Nick Castle. And I had incredible experiences with both of those. And then the next year I had shitty experiences with the people that I went up to. And so that kind of just soured me on the idea of like, why would, why should I give you my money then? Right. Like who cares that I have a signed Terminator arm from a douchebag that signed it? Like (laughs) doesn't matter to anybody else. And when I die, my kid probably won't even look at that. She'll just probably throw it in the trash and be like, no, it's just a hunk of plastic. So, you know, whatever. I don't know. I think if, if we could find a smaller convention to hang out at and like, you know, rip on people and, and joke around and stuff, I think that would be worth the money. Right. But I don't think, I don't think Megacon is that anymore. So, Anyway, all right. Well, you have anything else for this week? Uh, no. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, no. you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on, on Facebook and YouTube and let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. Hey, John. Have a good week. F Stephen Amell. Amel. <laughs>